The 4AM Club. Today I'm back with Amy for another episode of Motherhood Unplugged, where we share our journeys, learnings and opinions on sex and motherhood. Enjoy. Hi, Danny. Hello, Amy. How are you? I am a bit nervous for this topic, <laughs> just because a part of me is like, oh, I just wonder who knows me, who will listen to this. I can't believe how nervous I know that I can be a like sexual prude, but I'm so open about sex with you and with some of my friends and with Mark. So this is just taking it to the next level. Yeah, exactly. So we decided to do this and I wanted to hear from you. Why were you so keen to jump on board and do this with me? I've had so many private messages from moms on the 4M Club where this is really a topic that women are very keen to talk about, but nervous to talk about openly. So that's why there's lots of private chats about it. And for me, like it's a really big topic because it has been a roller coaster during this whole journey of motherhood and it still is so I just want to be as open as blunt as as in-depth as like to the point that we can be because I know with you by my side I'm going to have the courage to do this and not just skirt around some of the issues and, and why are you keen to do it? For the same reason I think I've seen the effect that not talking about this has on mm. marriages Wow, I yeah. saw the effect it had on my own marriage and then thought how much more for people who may not have the kind of intimacy I have with wow. my husband to be able yeah. to openly talk about this because of expectations or roles or assumptions. So for me, who has all the tools to process through things mm -hmm. because of the coaching, I just thought this must be exceptionally hard for people who don't have those tools. So yeah. I think for me, as we have always done in the 4AM club, be the first to start sharing so that mm -hmm. it can help other people to share and process and work through this without feeling that mm -hmm. it's a thing of shame or that they, in so many cases, are the only ones who are going through this. Yeah, absolutely. Sex, I think, has always been something kept in the dark. And like, there's so much that people are ashamed of and are secretive about, but I think it's so important to be open, especially mom to mom, just be real, sit together and talk about this stuff. Yeah, so I think it's safe to say we're coming from a heterosexual married mm. view. Mm. I'd love for anyone who isn't that to come and share their experience mm. because it is very different. So that's probably a bit of a, disclaimer I guess but I thought we could start by sharing our postpartum pregnant sort of season mm. and then go on to between that and now I guess because we've oh. both gone through a little sexual awakening <laughs> <laughs> and it was strange that it happened at similar times I think it's important to know that it is a very long process and yeah. there are so many different <clears throat> experiences and steps and things to work through along the way so Amy yes what was your experience with sex maybe even before having kids being mm -hmm. pregnant and then immediately postpartum I 
blunt and open in my early 20s I was sexually assaulted and so that really affected my ideals and and feelings towards sex and I apart from that incident I married Mark and I was a virgin and we had a really good sex life I consider myself quite a prude in my mind in my fantasies I'm wild I am doing everything I'm swinging from the chandeliers I am taking part in orgies all sorts of crazy stuff but when it comes down to it like I am the biggest prude so I have a definite disconnect between fantasy and reality but it's fun it was all going smoothly we struggled to fall pregnant for 14 months I'm sure lots of moms moms have gone through this where it starts very casually sex is still great and then eventually like there's a lot of pressure on sex that it becomes an act with a ulterior motive and that wasn't healthy and then eventually we decided we're going to stop this stop the pressure and it was a month later that we fell pregnant which again is a familiar story I've heard time and time again during my first trimester sex was great I think I was probably like even more sensitive and turned on than previously but then second trimester I would still get turned on but could not climax like at all third trimester could not climax at all tried everything would just be on the edge the whole time couldn't do it and then it only I think was when I moved here which was like two months ago that I got that back so it was a long season of not being able to reach that and and being fearful that I'm never going to be able to experience that again in my life and then went for my postpartum six-week checkup had my gynae tell me cool you can now have sex I can't remember how it came about but I was like sure I'm, I'm not ready or I don't know if I'm ready yet and she was like well I'm pretty sure your husband's ready and that was kind of like this unspoken he's been patient I think like you need to give it to him now and so tried and it was painful and I couldn't understand because I'd had a c-section why on earth it would be painful but finding out that when we breastfeed the the vaginal lining thins so much and you don't create as much natural moisture as you normally do so it was absolutely painful and again that pain only really stopped recently and so I went back to the gynae and I said this is really excruciating what must I do and she recommended surgery which was absolutely frightening she said that it's quite typical they cut down the vertical wall of the vagina I think they stretch it a little bit and re-suture it and that scared the hell out of me and I was like no it's fine I'll rather live with this little bit of pain every now and again instead of having that and presenting in scar tissue and then having a botched vagina like that was terrifying (laughs) (laughs) not doing that um and then like I kind of just sucked it up and kept going and kept hoping that it will get better and hoping that my sex drive will get back because it's gone like if you can't climax like there is just no sex drive and also you're exhausted you're a mom now you like breastfeeding all of a sudden your boobs are I mean they're sexy to look at because they're big but it's weird like if Mark touched them I'd be like no but Finch touches them and he sucks them and it's just it was weird a little bit now we're still breastfeeding and now I don't care my boobs are back to sex objects it's fine but it's like it was so weird that transition of yeah the also the postpartum body being very uncomfortable to be in any position other than missionary with me at the bottom because 
my body is so different and things hang differently when I'm on top and Mm -hmm. my boobs hang differently now and my fupa hangs differently and like just being at peace with what your body looks like naked is very scary definitely impacts sexuality not wanting to be naked in front of my husband for a while that's a huge thing obviously you know our husbands still find us incredibly attractive no matter what we look like but we don't find ourselves attractive which Mm. makes a huge issue for sex on this journey I was talking to lots of my girlfriends about it and getting their opinions and some of the advice I got from people was just so bizarre like people told me to watch porn or read smut or do all these other things explore with different toys and I'm absolutely 100% on board if that's what you do and that's what you want to do but it wasn't what I wanted to do and I wanted my sex drive back authentically what it was before I wanted that intimacy with Mark what it was before not Mm -hmm. adding all these other things like coaxing myself in different directions to win it back and so I literally just had no choice but to wait patiently for it to come back mm-hmm. and thankfully it has and I've heard lots of research about how it does come back when you know between 18 months and two years mm-hmm. and that was spot on for me so you know it probably is physically what happens I know our hormones don't return to what they were until 18 months minimum so that definitely has something to do with it but I think like if people don't know what it's like to lose your sex drive Mm. get it back is unbelievable like you just feel like a switch is turned on and it's so weird when all of a sudden you're like I'm horny for the first time in (laughs) I don't know how long like it's crazy all of a sudden just having that come back and can just look at Mark and all of a sudden I'm like oh okay he's a little all right let's go for it and enjoying sex again for the first time and nice enjoy pain-free sex but I have heard stories of women who never get rid of that pain one of my friends her mom was in her 50s when she finally got a divorce because she had that pain throughout her entire marriage and her husband was unaccommodating to it and she yeah she just couldn't go anymore it just kept getting worse and worse so I'm very sympathetic to women who can't get over that pain the sex we're sold and the sex we see as single young people Mm. is not the same as the sex we pursue or experience when we're postpartum moms. So my story, I had quite a wild (laughs) time in my (laughs) twenties. And ironically, I think that even though I slept with a lot of people, I didn't really have any intimate relationships Mm. with any of these people so it was very different when I got married because there were actually emotions involved we didn't sleep together before we got married and Mm -hmm. when we did have sex it was really amazing because it was Mm -hmm. safe there was emotions there was commitment it was really really lovely but I didn't realize that I still had a lot of issues around sex Mm -hmm. and I was still very guarded because of it So I thought it was great because I thought I'm having it. I'm having it with someone I love and I'm having it in a committed Mm -hmm. relationship. But over time, and especially when I fell pregnant, things started coming up and I started recognizing Mm -hmm. certain issues. One of them was that I'd had an abortion. And Mm -hmm. so what I didn't expect to happen was all of those old feelings coming up of, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant again, but the situation is so different. 
my feeling towards actually wanting this child is so different and then having to grieve the child that I gave up yeah yeah so that was that was really hard sex as a pregnant person was fine I was grieving my dad at the time my dad had um, oh, yeah. died a month before I found out I was pregnant so that was just an emotionally hard time mm -hmm. so moved to Tanzini and so no support system or friends yet dad had gone sorting out affairs so it it wasn't a very good lifetime and then to mm. add pregnancy and intimacy on top of that was really difficult so mm. I can't really remember it being challenging other than obviously not being able to have certain positions which <laughs> <laughs> I messed up uh, because my belly was so big there was a lot of you know gentle sex happening and when I did give birth I remember actually telling Ben listen you know that we can't have sex for up to six weeks like you, yeah mm -hmm. that's that's the thing and I, I just it was weird because he's a medical doctor and I just assumed he knew this I'm, I oh wow yeah yeah babies surely you've told so many moms this surely you know this and yeah I remember telling him <laughs> Ben I go for a six-week checkup and then she gives me the go-ahead and he just he just looked at me <laughs> like excuse me I'm having something at the time I thought I was having you know natural birth I'm like I'm having something rip through my vagina I think six weeks oh is a decent amount of time you know and so we waited six weeks and I saw all the TikTok videos with the, you know, six yeah. week bottom checkup and dad's <laughs> like are we ready to go oh my gosh and I went for my six-week checkup, but at the time, I think you had already shared on the group how painful it was, and we mm. were already in that discussion, and it was so helpful to prepare me because no one else had. The 4AM mm. club, like so many other instances, have been the, the community that have prepared me, and so I said to him, okay, I know it can be really, really painful, so let's mm. just be very careful and just see yeah. And it was excruciating. Yeah, so no matter how gentle you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter how gentle you are. I think exactly the reason <laughs> the, the, the lining is thin and it feels dry and it's just awful. It's mm -hmm. absolutely awful. So we waited a bit more and I can't remember. I'd probably have to go back onto the group, but I think it took about four months sure. before, I, before I could actually have sex that wasn't painful. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I guess because it had been so long between that and having sex before kids, I didn't really notice such a big shift. I, I was kind of aware that I didn't feel comfortable in my own body. And I thought mm. that was mostly contributing to the psychological thing of life. Mm. Like things start hanging <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in places. And I was very grateful, though, that Ben wasn't interested in exploring my milk, <laughs> like on working moms. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I probably would have been fine with it, but there's definitely weird, they're definitely weird thoughts that come up yeah. after you had kids. So you're suddenly yeah. like, yeah, you're suddenly aware of, don't you dare give me another one slash yeah. multifunctional slash can we cross the line here slash yeah, yeah. 
and also like your, you know, this is something I wanted to bring up. Like if you're co-sleeping, you're like, do we have sex next to our baby? Like, <gasps> do we wait huge, for yeah. the room? Like, do you feel weird about it? You know, knowing that you'll probably never ever tell them that you had sex yeah. while they're sleeping <laughs> next to you. Um, and all these like really uncomfortable, mm. or seemingly uncomfortable realities of life. And I think for me, what I went back to was, well, some people don't have a choice. Some people sure. live in a room or a very small place and they don't have that kind of yeah. that comes with privilege and intimacy needs to happen. Taking care of my child needs to happen. So I guess I'm just going to have to navigate yeah. how we do this and, you know, how we do both. So that was a really interesting thing was mm. starting to explore mm. guilt, shame, uncomfortable. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it does make you so much more aware of the human experience. So that was, yeah, that was sort of my, my experience. And then Nate got older, got his own bedroom. We sort of got back to how we were before kids. I was still quite uncomfortable with my body. So there was still definitely more lights off than on moments. Yeah. Um, which I remember coming to you I was like you know what this is the compromise I'm gonna make like we can do it but I need to just not feel so exposed yet mm. and then I also had a shift around 18 months so that was recently and I think that's what's mm. prompted this discussion as we both had, had yeah. a chat at the same time I was suddenly like dude I don't know about you but I just feel like my libido's back and yeah. again I can't tell if it was the same before marriage but it definitely shifted and I was away in the UK at the time for six weeks. So I really started missing Ben. And Aww. I was like, I, I remember at first thinking, oh, my body just wants another baby, you know? Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm going to just enjoy this because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's been so long since I can just enjoy this. I don't want my womb to trick me <laughs> to breeding, you know? So <laughs> I came back in pretty full force and... I yeah I mean won't go into detail but like I think what had also happened was in that time being away and getting it back I mm. processed quite a lot of my guardedness and mm. recognized that as I spoke to Ben about it and spoke through it and had this longing for him I realized how guarded I had been yeah. in that Space. and so I came back and just had a very open conversation with him and then something else that he'll probably be mortified no I'm going to tell you something too that Mark's going to be mortified of but we'll block it from them <laughs> so something we did is we just had an open discussion on it I'll mm. maybe put it like that like we I got a little I'm very organized so I made a little shared notes and I was just like these are things that I'm open to. These are things wow. that I want. These are things that I know I haven't been doing that I want to do because mm -hmm. of my issues. Um, put a little tick next to what you're keen for and do the cool. same. And it was really cool because we got to have a really open discussion without it being in the moment or at, there's never really a good time to be like, hey, yeah. by the way, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I want to try this. So um, that that was that was really cool, and because of that, it's really opened up what we do and 
there isn't hesitation or uncertainty anymore. Mm. There's like, we go consented to these things. These are things that are not on the table. Like these are things that I will never do. These are things I'm not Brilliant. interested yeah. in. I'm like you, like the porn, the toys, like that's not, that's yeah. not my thing. And so I think it is important to recognize, okay, cool. I acknowledge that that's something you're open to, but mm. I'm not. So that's out, but what is in? Yeah, so that's that's kind of where we are up to date. And I think obviously the exercise and actually having my fitness back to where it was, not necessarily yeah. but my fitness and feeling good and eating well, you know, all the basics, eat well, exercise. <laughs> yeah. It does it does do such a such a big thing. So we both are working out a lot more than we were. And as a result, feel so much more comfortable together mm. in that space. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I love that you said you guys did that list. I think that is so awesome. Mark and I talk often about what we are keen to do and how we're keen to explore. And actually like pre-pregnancy and now like, there are sex positions that I prefer so much more now than I ever did. And like the way I enjoy sex now is, is different to what it was. I wonder if some of it has to do with the fear of falling pregnant. <laughs> with your experience, you know what I mean? You're like, oh if gosh, I, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know if this is the same for other people, but this just popped into my head is don't let go or enjoy it too much because then there'll definitely be a love child like it'll oh get gosh. a trainer it'll get past your pill <laughs> like, oh my gosh if you enjoy it too much there'll be a love it, child we are the one and done club I never want or, or like Mark and I sorry we're the one and done club we never want another child and the other day during sex his condom freaking fell off dude I was so scared I think I lost all the blood in my body instantly and I, I jumped away from him like a meter in a second and like freaked out he's like don't don't, don't worry all the, the semen still in the condom it's okay it's okay nothing leaked out but I was like terrified like dude and we only do condoms because I have really bad reaction to any medicine that I take and I'm terrified of anyone sticking anything up into my womb so we only do condoms <laughs> that's so interesting oh. so question this is just because we're discussing stuff would you ever get a hysterectomy or would he get a vasectomy? Yeah, so he's been to doctors and because of our age and because Finch is the only child, they don't want to do it. And they actually, Mark, the first time he went to a urologist for it was close to my six-week checkup. And they turned him back because they're like, you know what, your wife has just got postpartum depression. Once she's over, she'll want another child. And I was so angry about that. But yeah, so he hasn't. And then I would definitely consider having a hysterectomy. But it annoys me because, again, it's got to be something I've got to do with my body. Like, come on, just get a snip. Like for him, it's basic light sedation and he gets the snip. For me, it's a full-on abdominal surgery. That's not fair. Like, oh, it's not and fair. And his is reversible. Like, it's not a done deal. If you, ch you can't change your mind. He can. Yeah, no okay but I've got a question for you so okay. during that six weeks or for you four months or however long I know for some women it's much longer how did you and Ben introduce intimacy between the two of you and how did you ensure that Ben was sexually satisfied just less penetration okay yeah 
So I think the foreplay just increased and so did the physical touch, I guess, okay. like cutting, stuff like that. But that's as practical as it was, was mm -hmm. just, yeah, there are so many other ways. And at the time, though, I will say that I was still not as comfortable with oral. Mm. That for me was the one mm. thing I ever did in previous relationships. Like I slept with people, but for me, that was way too intimate. Wow. And so, yeah, I think he is going to be mortified. If <laughs> But I think it's really important to share. And this is part of this mm. is part of why we do this. Like we're exposing <laughs> the fact that women and men both have previous experiences that shape their view and their relationship with sex. It doesn't just go away. It's yeah. not just even not if you're married, just in general. It doesn't just go away. Mm. So I think for me, it's recognizing where you're at and working together mm. to find solutions and being honest about it being honestly yeah. saying I'm not getting enough or I can't give you too much or yeah. wherever body is because otherwise resentment builds and absolutely assumptions build because both people have expectations on both sides you know like mm -hmm. your husband just wants to bone you every second of the day and you're like well I need emotional needs met physical needs yeah. met all these other things to take place before and if there's no conversation then <laughs> like how yeah. how is that going to happen and so both just become resentful having courage to take the first step to speaking about it and whether that's in a little shared note yeah. <laughs> or sending a message or sitting down and having the conversation and breaking the ice because I think it was so liberating when I started talking about the fact that I know that I've been holding back and that I've been guarded yeah. and it opened up such a big conversation and he said like I can feel that and I didn't know what to do about it all mm -hmm. I can do is make you know that I'm still here I'm not going yeah. anywhere I'll take it as slowly or as fast as you want to go and so mm -hmm. that was just really great because I didn't even realize that he had noticed because I wasn't even oh, aware. wow wow you know? yeah so it really was such a game changer for us. And I think it's weird as I have breakthrough in my life, I just want to then help everyone. Yes. Yeah. In that, you know, That's I'm like, you oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, okay, this is like a real thing. Who else is experiencing this and who else needs the insight, yeah. the tools, the information or the encouragement even to take those first steps, mm. talk about it because I understand why there's so much divorce. Yeah. Oh, it gosh. Hard. You know, yeah. you, you can tolerate certain things as a single person, but you throw another human being in the works that completely obliterates your libido. And then you're surprised when there's problems, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, we're just talking from the experience of having one child. The moms out there that have multiple kids, like that is so insane. Like, how are you juggling being a wife and being a mom and being a woman just like looking after yourself it's it's really insane like you say you've just had your libido back I know you broody I know you want to move on to your second baba but it's really going to impact this whole cycle again and then you're looking at knocking off four years of your life five years of your life where sex has not been easy and it's a huge part of marriage it's really it can be devastating I think it's important to have other ways around intimacy also something that we haven't spoken about yet that I know lots of moms feel but and whether or not it's coming from mom experience or just 
life experience, but a lot of women feel like sex is becoming a chore in their marriage because they're not enjoying it. There's not much pleasure. They don't really have time. They're exhausted. So it's almost this dread feeling of having to do this chore. And I know I definitely felt like that. Similar to you, I started doing more oral sex and hand jobs because I felt like that was quicker almost for me and, and Mark and he really enjoyed it. It was something I could do easily. And also I was very open to him and I said, I know you enjoy foreplay and you enjoy taking your time and and Mark is really gentle, really a great lover. But I was like, you know what? What I need in this season is for you to speed up, buddy. I need it to come quickly. So enjoy it. Like do it as fast as you want like and then let's get it done and dusted and go to sleep and for him he enjoyed that he was like cool like if that's what you want if that's what you need from me I can do that like 30 second pro like whatever and that was great all of a sudden it took a lot of that stress out of it another thing in those six weeks that we couldn't have sex what we instituted was the good shower <laughs> so like once a week I would say to Mark I think it's not a good shower babe and then he'd go and have a good shower <laughs> and he'd come out and I'd be like what's a good shower and he's like yeah it was good and like how good and so it was something like men need that physical release so much and for those six weeks you are not in the mood to do blowjobs and hand jobs in those six weeks like that is oh, time so why not let him explore himself and be part of it like make it and just bring that into the marriage don't let them do that on their own secretly shy and ashamed in their room or whatever like really enjoy it together I think that women exploring themselves is very important that's how you figure out what you like I said like in my second and third trimester I tried everything it was dead so now that it's back I am so enjoying that aspect of my my intimate life with myself and it's so great and it's so nice to explore more avenues and keep looking after yourself and another thing we did was we started scheduling intimacy and I always thought that that would be the thing that cuts intimacy and makes it so boring but it is a game changer like instead of going through a week and dreading when is it going to pop up when am I going to have to do this thing and oh no pun intended but yeah (laughs) when will it pop up um and like going through the week and then eventually a week turns into two weeks turns into three weeks now we schedule whatever is our time and we know that that day is our day to have sex and it's exciting Mark will be turned on from the moment he opens his eyes and will like be passing comments and like eye contact and smiling or smoking he gets so excited on that day rolling my eyes control yourself you know really and since scheduling we actually have sex more than once a, a week mostly because it just it happens more casually now yeah yeah, did you ever watch Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage? No, but that sounds incredible. <sighs> so one of the things he does is he draws a little diagram and he draws a little heart by the heart and then he mm. turns and draws a little smiley face by the genitals. Woman, if you want this and he points to the heart, you have to go through here. And, uh. and it's such a cliched, fundamental thing, but it's stood the test of time. The more mm-hmm. men get sex the more he helps 
me it's a cycle that feeds so into each other. yes you know, yeah. the hard part is maybe you feel oh why do I always have to be the one why why does it have to start with the sex why can't it start with the service my opinion on that is just get over that because as soon as you start the cycle it doesn't matter who mm-hmm. started it the rhythm is there's so much more help because then yeah. there's the anticipation and it does sound so simple and I'm sure it's a lot harder when there's conflict or like other issues that need to be faced. Yeah. Something for us is sex really is an indicator of where we are in our oh, marriage. Yeah. We've spoken about this in times where there hasn't been issues to say when, when it's been too long or when there isn't intimacy, we mm. need to talk and we need to just make sure there aren't other mm. things now building distance and the easiest way to bridge that distance sometimes for us is bridge first with the sex and then you have the session because then the intimacy and the trust and the vulnerability is there yeah absolutely but I don't think every couple has as open a communication as that and I think a lot of couples if you are dealing with your sexual health in your marriage a lot of the time it comes down to communication health and so if you really are struggling it's important to be talking to your partner and to bring up these issues and bring it out of the shadows and like your notes thing you sent to Ben I think that's such a clever thing to do with your husbands have friends girlfriends that you can be open and honest with and you can talk about this stuff and then that they can encourage you and support you to speak to your husband as well there are far too many marriages that end in affairs or just end in divorce because these things are not spoken about and it can be and it can be shameful and husbands can react really badly and wives can react really badly sometimes the conversations we've had has have not been easy to have but it's important for the health of the marriage it really is and we hear the communication thing in any premarital counseling or preparation but Mm -hmm. I don't think that people explain what that means because it's what has to happen before the conversation happens. We did a marriage course before we got married because we wanted to know what kinds of things we were about to get ourselves into. It started off with, well, this isn't a marriage course that teaches you how to communicate better. This is a marriage course that teaches you how to put the marriage before yourself because it's the selfishness or the self-doubt or the self criticism that gets in the way of the communication so for me it's not a thing of communicate more it's a thing of challenge what is stopping you from communicating and usually that's that's I'm right you're wrong I want this I want you to do this me 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 and they Mm -hmm. come in at it also I'm justifying my behavior because I'm not me 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 grow in self-awareness to Mm -hmm. recognize the thoughts and the actions and the feelings that come up mm. and then not let those things become bigger than they are be the first to bridge don't don't let it become a war like you'll burn your marriage from the inside you have the conversation or you get a mediator to have the conversation there's no shame in therapy and family coaching just get someone to help you have the conversations if you can't have them we also did marriage premarital counseling and it's so great i don't know if, if many people still do it it's really it's so important and also just like marriage therapy mark and i have been to therapists individually ourselves many times and it's genuinely brought so much intimacy and benefits into the marriage it really has final thoughts i think it's important for moms to get back to feeling sexy for themselves by a new set of panties 
and a new bra that fits your new size boobs and clothes that just make you feel pretty every now and again. Just go out this week and buy yourself a little thing that makes you sexy. Mine would be be patient with yourself and with the season you're in it is a season it doesn't last forever you have to just stick it out together Mm. community is so important whether it's one person or the whole group whatever it is if you're feeling alone in it find someone to talk to even pay someone to talk to about it because it shouldn't be a place of uncertainty and shame and assumptions and experience I hope you found that encouraging and empowering. If you would like to receive coaching to reach your intimacy goals, visit www.goodplace.co.za to book a session with me. Till next time.